I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Know someone who might be struggling with their mental health? You can help. As a listener of Sick Boy, you know that we've been having these types of combos forever now. You'll also know that sometimes we make mistakes, and that's okay. We're human. Supporting someone through struggle in their life isn't easy. It's an art, not a science. And we all make mistakes. That being said, we can do our best to prep by educating ourselves. And our friends over at Jack.org have created a resource for just that. Check out BeThere.org for more information. Oh, hi there, everybody. Jeremy here from Sick Boy Podcast. And a quick little show announcement uh, before before we throw it to this week's show. Uh, we are fast approaching our little west to east tour uh, where we're going to be hitting a few cities for some live shows and some recordings. Uh, all the info on tickets are at www.sickboypodcast.com slash shows. Uh, we have a show coming up uh, at the Rio Theater in Vancouver on September 23rd. There are still tickets left for that. And uh, there was a, a little uh, promo code that was going around. I think there was only 50 tickets for that promo code, but give it a shot. Uh, the promo code is SB Podcast, all one word, and the SBP are capital. Uh, then the next night over in Calgary at Sate, we are doing a show on the 24th. Uh, again, tickets still available. Come see it. It's going to be a fucking great show. Uh, we've got comedian Adam Delore. He's going to be our guest, and uh, he is a riot. And then a couple days later on the 27th in Toronto at the Monarch Tavern. Second time we'll be doing a show there. Uh, it's always a delight. It's a small place, but we're going to pack the hell out of it. And uh, there's actually only 10 tickets left. So if you want to come to the show in Toronto, make your move now. Don't wait. Don't snooze. Don't be that dummy that never acted quick enough and then inevitably messages us asking if there's extra tickets because there won't be. All right. Love you all. Hope you enjoy this week's episode. Uh, it's a fun one. And we'll see you soon. No, but uh, when you were working as an uh, archaeologist, did you say archaeologist? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That must so have been cool work. It sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Is but it kind of, it is it actually like boring as fuck? It's very boring. I feel yeah. like it's almost like, <laughs> right. you know, like. It's not know, all Indiana Jones. No. You know, like no. somebody's like, I'm a pilot. And like <clears> the first thing you think is like either commercial airlines or you think like, oh, you're in the army. You're a fighter pilot. Yeah. But then they're like, no, I fly the boring planes. <laughs> you know, like I feel like archaeology is like, I dig up dinosaurs. But then you're actually like. No, I just examined like sites where people lived 150 kind of, years ago. Dude, but like, that sounds fucking. That does sound cool. cool but that's cool as dinosaurs. Dude, dinosaurs. The, 
That's paleontology. Well, there you go. Oh <laughs> my god! So, so they had Sounds. it all wrong in Friends because they oh they always said that Ross was a, a paleontologist. Oh, I thought they yeah. said he was an archaeologist. Oops, my yeah. bad. Then I it. then I messed it up. That's <laughs> my bad. So, what kind of like not so exciting, but like really probably more exciting than you think? Mm-hmm. Shit, did you do mm-hmm. while you were a uh, archaeologist in the South Pacific? So I would work in sites that were about 3,000 years old from the first people who arrived. <laughs> Boring! <laughs> <laughs> and we would dig up all their pottery, and I was the pottery design analyst. So I would look at all the designs and kind of compare um, how similar they were across sites and who was kind of interacting with you based on the similarity. Whoa, yeah. that's, that's crazy. crazy. Well, mm-hmm. well, where's, where's Pompeii? Is that it's where in is Italy? Italy. Like, yeah, it's it's a, in Italy. Italy. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. I think I would like to be an archaeologist. That <laughs> yeah. stuff sounds fascinating. It does, but when you're digging, like, like, did you did you ever find something and went, "Oh my god, it's a <laughs> cell phone from <laughs> from the three thousand years ago." Like, did you find a tool that you were like, "Holy holy shit, I found this." Me, I found this. Yeah, myself. You get that feeling at the beginning, and then afterwards, right. you're like, "Well, now I have to." clean this, I have to catalog it, Ugh. I have to write right, something about right. it. It's like You don't just get to like throw it to somebody <laughs> no. else who does that, and you just continue yeah. finding. No. It's like being like a, a, a like a forensic scientist and like showing up at a crime scene and being like, da-da, like I'm here to solve the crime, and then you show up there and you're like, there's so much fucking paperwork. But you know, it's kind of the same thing, like you mentioned pilots, like when you when you watch a pilot oh, do its thing before, do its thing before they go up in the plane, it's like a fucking hour of like just logging, we're checking this and uh, logging okay, and check checking this. And but check honestly, that. though, like, being a commercial airline pilot is super boring, too, because all you're doing is like sitting there making sure nothing goes wrong. You're just like you're literally you can see the plane like, can as fl- far as your eyes can see. You can just see the sky. The plane literally flies itself and you just feel like you're moving so yeah. slow. And that's how the 737s went down. <laughs> anyway, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, because those planes we're, we're trying to fly flying. themselves, and then the pilots were like, "No, I'm going to get in the way of this." And then it, it that is actually that's basically you know when I was taking that investment course in uh, in Atlanta, I was uh, I was hanging out with a guy who was a WestJet pilot in Vancouver, and he was flying the 737s, and he was talking about like how like he had some issues, but like they weren't big, and he was able to override it and all that stuff. But he was telling me all about how. He could see how, in certain circumstances, you wouldn't be able to, and why it all happened. And right, and the reason we bring that up is because you're on the show today to talk about your your Experience. your massive phobia of flying, and we're just going to make it worse. I do have a massive phobia of flying, actually. Oh my god, then we can wrap that in. Oh, Jesus, this is not going well. So living in the South Pacific must have been that uh, was hard. A, bit a lot of, of out of van. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the reason we were talking about you being down and over there um, working as an archaeologist. I don't think we were recording when we talked about this, but you ended up changing your career. I did. To become a naturopath? Holistic nutritionist. Holistic nutritionist. And um, and the reason for that shift was because you said of your disease. Yeah. Which is? Ankylosing spondylitis. Which sounds like a dinosaur. Speaking of paleontology. <laughs> it does sound yeah. like a dinosaur. Yeah. yeah. It does. Like something with... Really, with really, um, really pointy vertebrae. Yes, yeah, it, that's exactly what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah, mm-hmm. and a tail that could smash through things, right? With so, like also pointy things on the. So, end of it. do you have that? <laughs> I do. Oh, cool! <laughs> what, the, what the fuck is ankylosing spondylitis? Spondylitis. Spondylitis. What yeah. is that? 
the type of inflammatory arthritis. So the most commonly known one would be rheumatoid arthritis. Ah, uh, yes. So everyone knows that one. So this is one of the lesser known ones, um, but still pretty prevalent. And so it's basically kind of similar to RA, except um, a few little differences. It kind of manifests in the spine, so spondylitis. Oh. Um, so a telltale sign is like SI joint pain usually, but it kind of differs for men and women. For women, it seems to kind of be delayed in the spine for a while. Um, for men, it kind of shows up a bit earlier. Okay. And you can also have all the other joins kind of affected as well. Fuck, man. Okay. I feel like this yeah. is one of those episodes where I'm, again, I'm going to be like, I probably think I got it. I think <laughs> I have it. Okay, but so, so like, the reason why you would change your career, was, was it because um, being an archaeologist is hard on your body, like, being down and, like, I imagine that you're, like, playing in the dirt, like, Dusting. kind of dusting some mm-hmm. stuff off yeah. and, like, moving around like that? Being or is it investigative? Or were you more inspired to get into, like, holistic nutrition because of how diet affects the illness. Yeah. yeah. It was definitely because how nutrition affected my illness. Okay. I was able to get off all my meds after 10 years of being on them and all of them, all of them. Whoa. Yeah. Just through the diet yes. and like what you're putting in. Yeah. And is that, Whoa. is that, mm-hmm. is that, or do you believe that that could be something that could commonly be achieved or, or, or are you maybe an, o- like, an outlier yeah. Yeah, or, right. Well, the problem is there's not enough research on nutrition and the research that there is isn't very good. Mm. So there's not a lot of case studies um, kind of looking at how nutrition impacts inflammatory arthritis. So for me, I just took it as kind of an experiment. Um, I love to research from my archaeology days. So I just went to the research, figured out what existed and tried to kind of be my own experiment. Mm -hmm. And it took four years basically to figure out what worked best for me. So it's definitely not a quick fix or something that was really easy to mm. do. I had to switch my entire lifestyle around and make it my number one priority. And so, yeah, it took a long time. And I think it could definitely, it, well, I know it can definitely help a lot of people, but it's just the rheumatologists, uh, so the specialists who deal with arthritis, um, they don't have a template of what to follow for nutrition yet. Mm. There's no, like... Um, good research saying this is exactly how you do it right okay. and, and would it be would it be would it be very individualized in the way that how mm-hmm. certain people react to certain foods and what it does for certain people like yeah. it's not like it's not like you could just carbon copy your what mm-hmm. worked for you and give it to somebody else with the same condition and, yeah right exactly so, so it's, sorry go ahead yeah very individualized and so that's the other tricky part of it too right okay so um, I'm sure we'll get into like the early on, like when you first realized that um, you were having symptoms of, <coughs> I can't even say the name of it, so I'm not going to try. <laughs> no, 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 try it. Ankylosing <laughs> spondylitis. Pretty good. It's like ankylosing spondylitis. You can just ankylosing, say AS. Ankylosing oh, spi- spondylitis. That's so much easier. Two words. Ankylosing yeah, two spondylitis. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I am curious about, while we're speaking about the nutrition, mm-hmm. um, what was it that initially inspired you to look more into nutrition and its impact in the disease? Yeah, well, I started about five years kind of looking into it. I just kind of read a few books. I'd seen some naturopaths and they kind of sparked my interest in it. And then what really got me going was my partner um, took me to his childhood naturopath in Quebec and uh, she didn't speak any English, but she was like, you have to do this, 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 and you'll be totally fine. (laughs) And I was like, that was the first time someone said, if you follow these steps, you will heal, Mm -hmm. basically. Um, So I think I needed to hear that instead of, oh, this might work, it might not work. I wasn't really motivated to do much with that. 
Um, but when she told me, you know, you can kind of reverse your symptoms if you make all these changes, then I was like, okay. Well, and what kind of changes yeah. were they like, were she, you know, mm-hmm. was it the, was it, sometimes I hear this and, 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 and I think like, oh, you know, like every person I've talked to who's gone to see a naturopath, I feel mm-hmm. like they come back and they go, yeah, I was told not to eat gluten, you know, like, and it's like this, like sort of yeah. trendy sort yeah. of, um, uh, uh, not diagnosis, but um, like fix all sort yeah. of thing. Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but um, what do you call it when a doctor a prescription, like a, mm-hmm. a sort of like trendy mm-hmm. prescription of like here are the things just cut out of your life. Yeah, and it's like the things that we all kind of already know. It's like don't fucking eat or take in dairy. Mm-hmm. That's weird that we do that, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. you know, cut down on sugars and don't have gluten. Mm-hmm. And was it that sort of thing, or was she like no, like eat? A thousand bananas a week, you know, like something just really, like really batshit crazy that you were like, whoa, something okay, kind of banana. Right. Yeah. It wasn't that crazy, but it was. It went a lot further funny. than gluten. Sure, okay. it was like because I had already cut out gluten and nothing happened. And I was like, well, maybe nothing's gonna work. And mm. so she was like, okay, it's not just gluten; it's dairy, it's processed sugar, it's everything that's processed. You have to cut everything out: caffeine, alcohol, all the inflammatory. No caffeine, foods. right? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Well, you hear a lot of a lot of stuff about. Um, about how not not related to not related to specifically um, AS, but in the way that people talk about the infl- the inflammatory effects of a lot of the things that we consume, and obviously inflammation is a big part of that mm-hmm. condition. So, kind mm-hmm. of like you know, working backwards from that understanding, mm-hmm. it makes a whole it makes a whole lot of sense. You know, to my mm-hmm. I don't know anything brain um, that that you can that you can make some positive changes if you kind of just work backwards from understanding that the Mm -hmm. condition has inflammation and Mm -hmm. these things cause inflammation or 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 aid in having in putting inflammation into your body or causing it so that doing following certain steps or or removing certain things could make a big change in the amount of inflammation that you have in your body. Mm -hmm. So what what kind of meds were you on back before I was on methotrexate. And, heard of that? and sorry, before, and I guess maybe a, 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 an earlier question or mm-hmm. a, a, a prequel to that question would mm-hmm. be, how long have you had this? Since I was 19 and I'm now 33. Okay. So, okay, like, so you've been dealing, you were dealing with it for a while. Long time. Yeah. yeah. A long time. So then, uh, not to like jump around too much, but to come back to Brian's, Brian's question, what, what was the, th- was this the thing that prompted you to go? I'm out of the I'm out of the archaeology game. Like seeing this 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 mm-hmm. French uh, naturopath. Yeah, well, it was a gradual process. I was doing my PhD in Vancouver at the time, so I didn't want to just abandon everything. So I finished that first while I was doing all of these changes. Um, she told me it was only going to take a year. It took four years, <laughs> so it took a lot longer. But um, yeah, eventually I realized. Maybe I don't really want to do this archaeology thing anymore. I'm really kind of invested in this nutrition, and I want to learn more about it. And now that it's helping me, I want to kind of help others. Yeah, right. And I was surprised that nobody had really told me this until like 10 years later in my disease. And, 
yeah, that kind of prompted everything. Interesting. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. super fascinated by nutrition. Um, and <clears throat> one of the, one of the things that I find most interesting about it is that like <clears throat> we are effectively made up out of the things that we put into our bodies. So like mm-hmm. if you mm. look at that greasy slice of pizza covered in donair sauce that might <laughs> look good on a Friday night or Saturday night, it's like, well, it looks that, and tastes good. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, <laughs> of course it does. But mm. but also yeah, like that. that's gonna be like <laughs> that is making up you like it's going in your yeah. body it's yeah. becoming part of you so is is that mm. the but wouldn't it be really want? fun if you were a slice of pizza though it would be yeah you know, be a like, video I game. think one of my favorite <laughs> scenes from Rick and Morty is when they're going through the different universes and they pop into the universe where it's the two pizza guys sitting on human couches <laughs> <laughs> like coach, a coach made of humans yeah that's I don't know I but, like that Jar <laughs> wants to live in that reality like I I think I would. I like, like to be idea. a slice of pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> Sorry. There, there's definitely there's when you mentioned no caffeine, like yeah, that's hard. man, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Coffee. And you know what? I've, what I've, was the hardest for you? What, was it caffeine or was it was it alcohol or? It was both. It was coffee and wine for sure. Yeah, yeah. I feel I I fuck man. I don't know. I feel like coffee would be harder. I feel like I would miss booze more, but coffee mm-hmm. would be harder because like. If I don't have coffee today, mm-hmm. like if I woke up and went all the way till like right now, so you know it's almost seven p.m. and and right now I realize I didn't have coffee yet today, mm. I my whole world would go, oh, that's <laughs> why you've been such a fucking idiot all day. That's why you've been so cranky. That's why you've been such a like pos to you know yourself and everybody around you because you had Christ no dude. I'm not even joking coffee like, is like real it, hardcore for you it really is you like, should wean down you should wean off and then come up come up back onto it very carefully but I don't even have that much I have like sixteen shots of of espresso <laughs> yeah. a day that's like, pretty chill that's pretty chill super, super chill, chill. Super you know chill. I mean? super chill. Well, well coffee for me isn't isn't it's not the addictive properties of it because i can go a day without coffee and not notice at all and what does it do anything not notice at all like you no. don't notice anything at all you don't no. get irritable or anything like no that. it's the ritual wow. it's the morning ritual i was gonna say the same thing yeah. for me coffee in the morning is meditation totally it's, it's my yeah. my chance to prepare and i i think about the day and mm-hmm. it's that time where i have like on my own where i just you know get ready and run things through my mind and what was it for you was it was it that or was it the like this is coffee wakes me up and it was more the ritual of it for right. sure and so i still like smelled it a lot and wanted to like <sighs> love smell yeah. you know what you should yeah. do across the street there's a place across the street called uh the ville caffeine bar um and they have this thing called magic water mm-hmm. which is basically like uh ginger lemon it's, it's like ginger yeah, lemon tea. Yeah, it's like, like your ginger and lemon tea water. that you'd make if you're like had a cold or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I mean, you're a holistic mm-hmm. nutritionist. I'm mm-hmm. sure you uh, have like a ton of different things that you put in water and drink. But yeah, like, a lot of weird shit. But, uh, so what? Do, what do you do? Like well, wait, to me, like that's a great ritual uh, to have to make that. But like, is there <laughs> something that you you do in the morning in replacement of of having that coffee? Well, actually, now that I'm pretty much. Healed, I would consider myself. I can get away with having coffee a little bit here and there, um, or green tea once in a while. But on a daily basis, I'm, I usually just drink a lot of water. I like putting lemon and ginger in water or fermenting mm, that overnight. That's so good. Yeah, lots of herbal teas. Um, I use those a lot. And is decaffeinated coffee uh, also kind of like no go? Yeah. <sighs> really? So even that is like would be considered like inflammatory. Yeah, more triggering. because of the processing. Of uh, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So it doesn't yeah, really yeah. have anything that's going to benefit your body. So, so maybe 
to uh, why don't we what are here we go I can do it I believe what does AS do to you like what is how does it show up in your day to day and like disrupt mm-hmm. disrupt your life and mm-hmm. and 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 why is it something that you want to that you that you want to go I'm I'm going to go like totally totally 100% in on on finding out how to completely reverse all these symptoms that I'm having like what are the symptoms how does it show up So it shows up differently for everyone um for me do you want me to start where it all began. Sure, yeah. 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 So um, when I was 18, I had my wisdom teeth out. And then I had eight months of infection because of that. Mm. So the I was dry taking, socket and shit. Yeah, they had to open up my stitches and <coughs> oh. clean everything a few times. Eight months? Eight months. Yo, that's yeah. a long time. It was really long. Is and was it, was, it, was it like consistent for eight months or was it like it kind of mm-hmm. like, wa- like waning off and on? It waned a little bit, but it was pretty consistent. I was on Jesus. antibiotics pretty much the whole time. Oh, my God. That's so, awful. Yeah. So the antibiotics basically <coughs> destroyed my gut bacteria. Yeah. And so we're finding out now with the research that's a huge precursor to a lot of inflammatory conditions. Oh. So after that, it was a few months later where I started getting really weird toe pain. And, um, Whoa. Yeah. That's uh, like, <laughs> so specific. You know what? Yeah. Isn't, I was saying this this morning. I was teaching... Um, uh, yoga and I was saying like, isn't it crazy how like your mind is, sorry to interrupt you, but right. like, it's funny when you say your toe, like I was like, your mind is in your brain. Like you kind of identify, we, we've gone over this, like you identify your sense of self being like almost like in your like brain, the right? Pain like, in, is, like in your head. I've talked to my psychologist about this. The pain is in your head. Right. But then you look out and you're like, oh, my finger hurts, but it's way out there, right? Like your toe has got to be like the furthest part from like being like identified with you and your sense of self. Like, right. isn't it, it <laughs> like, isn't it crazy to think of like how like, almost foreign your own body can feel like so far away. Mm. I, I don't know if it's just me. I, don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, mean, I know what you mean. I feel like my brain is in my toe. So I, I, I feel <laughs> very far from my own head. Jeremy perceives crazy. from his toe. I'm, I'm sorry. Right. To, I thought that was a profound thought, but you know what? I'm sorry to interrupt your story <laughs> with that useless piece of information. Apology please, accepted. Please go ahead. <laughs> when your toe is throbbing and red and swollen, it does feel really close <laughs> feels to your hard. body. <laughs> close to home. <laughs> And I was uh, working at Tim Hortons in downtown Dartmouth at the time. Oh, so it was like, which one on Portland Street? Uh, Octoloni, the one that's no longer there. Oh, okay. okay. Did you ever get robbed? No, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> Classic Dartmouth Tim Hortons kind of like activity. Yeah, yeah. We won't we won't ask any questions for at least a minute. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so the toes started bothering me a lot because I had to like stand for eight hours a day, and mm. it was getting really really hard keep doing that and I would wake up in the middle of the night and have to ice it and I had no idea what was going on. So bizarre. It was really bizarre. And then it started to move to my wrist and I thought, well, this is weird. So I was getting like really sore wrist. It was hard to move it. Um, It was pretty swollen and red and uh, really sore. So then I thought, okay, something else is going on maybe. Um, so I went to my doctor and got some anti-inflammatory meds and they helped a little bit, but I was still, you know, waking up pretty much every night needing to ice everything and in quite a bit of pain and eventually had to quit my job, um, because I wasn't really able to stand all day anymore or use my wrists very well. Whoa. Yeah. And then it kind of spread throughout my feet and my fingers and it became like really difficult to even get out of bed at one point or get dressed or cut my food or do anything by myself. 
Like live, live basically. basically. What yeah. were the people around? Like were the people around you just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, or <laughs> or were you, you know, like was this? Like what kind of did you have support around you for this? It's, it yeah. seems like one of those things where it's like, what do you what do you mean your wrist hurts? Yeah, mm-hmm. what do you mean right. your toe hurts? You mm-hmm. can't get out of bed because your toe hurts. Come on, <laughs> it's time to go to school. And Especially what? if you don't have a diagnosis. And like also, yeah. I thought you said the pain was in your toe, and now it's in your wrist. Yeah. Like, this, yeah. like how is this making sense? Yeah. Like it's in many places. <laughs> Stop it. Um, well, yeah, I had a good support system with my family, and my yeah. mom was a nurse, so she was like, okay, I think we need to like figure this out. Mm. Um, so she would just call around and try to get me into um, a specialist as soon as possible. It still took a few months before I actually got to see someone. Um, And my doctor had kind of suspected maybe there's some type of arthritis going on. But initially it was like, oh, maybe you just need toe surgery or foot surgery. Mm -hmm. You know, it took a while before I actually got a diagnosis. And then when I finally got into a specialist, they were like, yeah, you have a type of inflammatory arthritis, but we have no idea what kind. Because it didn't show up in my spine at that point. I tested negative for rheumatoid arthritis, but they knew there was inflammation in my joints all over the place. So they were just like, let's just start on some drugs and see what seems to be working for you. Are there many other types of inflammatory arthritis? (laughs) Yeah, there's over 100. What? God, that sounds really hard to narrow down. AS is one of them? Is one of them, yeah. It, wow. Is it int- is it um, weird as like somebody who's what were you nineteen at the time? Yeah. Was was it weird being nineteen and being told that you had arthritis? It was very weird because I had no idea that young people got arthritis yeah. when I was nineteen. You're like I'm not eighty. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. And then all these medications. I'm like, and the ones that I ended up on were like, oh, you shouldn't really drink on these. And I was like, I'm nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally made to drink yeah. everything right now. Yeah. Whoa! Yeah. I just looked it up. The uh, the types of arthritis. Whoa! This is actually this is actually pretty fascinating. Types of arthritis. So of course we have uh, ankylosing spondylitis. Mm-hmm. Even though you read um, it, you still I, said it well. I, it's it's actually hard to fucking. It's harder to read than it is to hear it and say it back. Um, and then you've got, uh, but you got some things in here that I, I didn't even realize were considered arthritis. It's so like back pain. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, gout. Like, is mm-hmm. that considered arthritis? Gout. Yeah. Uh, in, inflammatory bowel disease, dude. Arthritis. Whoa, whoa. Arthritis is like literally cha- changing. Definition for me right now because you're thinking of like bones. I'm yeah. Yes, I am thinking arthritis as in like my joints, my bones, my knuckles, my like these and nodules, organs, and Ehlers yeah. Danlos, fi- uh, fibromyalgia, giant cell arthritis, chronic Psori- fatigue syndrome, psoriatic arthritis is a big one too. Kawasaki mm. disease. That sounds fun. <laughs> Um, cause this it's is so crazy. Calabunga disease. Lupus is in there. <laughs> yep. Crazy. So hey, like, so, sure. so we've actually talked about arthritis far many more times than we thought than we, we had. thought we did. That's right. Wow. Crazy. This is really fascinating. And we still mm-hmm. don't know anything about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we're like, do. I thought that it was Sick only a podcast <laughs> <laughs> where you can tell us one thing and it yeah. goes in one ear and comes out the other. Wow. <laughs> but we hear you. <laughs> <laughs> we hear you. We see you. <laughs> So how did you go from how did you go from being 
being like, I can't work at Tim Hortons anymore to being like, I'm going to go get my PhD in, in archaeology. Yeah. I'm going to go to Fiji and uncover ceramic yeah. pots. And this seems like a massive leap when you can't yeah. move and you can't live with mm-hmm. your arthritis. Well, thankfully, the medications that are available now work really well. So it took probably at least six to eight months to find the medication that worked well for me. So it was a lot of trial and error at the mm-hmm. beginning. Um, I eventually ended up on methotrexate, which is a low-dose chemo medication. So originally developed for chemo in the 70s, but they found, oh, it kind of works for joint pain. Oh, interesting. So that's used a lot in all the types of inflammatory arthritis. Um, So started on that, and that took a couple months to kick in. And then once it did, and I found the dose that kind of worked well for me, um, I was essentially pain-free for the next Eight to ten years. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. And and is that and and I'm assuming, I'm assuming. I mean, obviously, you have a you have a motivation to just not be taking the drug. Does mm-hmm. the dr- what are the drawbacks of the drug? Like, yeah. So it definitely can affect the liver. So because it's a chemo um, type of drug, a lot of nausea. I was always really nauseous, fatigued, um, and so that was the main drawbacks. Also, you can't have children. Um, so that was something that was important for me. Like while you're on it or like once you take it? I no, mean, just while you're not. on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, she yeah. walked in here today, Taylor, with an eight day old. I guess we should fucking mention that your eight day old baby. I just realized how dumb of a question that was. Is here at the studio. And it's, yeah. it's so cute. It is. I mean, it's, it's like it, when you see babies that young, you're just like, come on. This I know. can't be real. I know. That's what, what I said. Thing. Yeah, it doesn't feel real yet. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Eight days. Uh, um, I mean, not to like derail the entire thing, but what was uh, what was giving birth to a baby like? It With was arthritis. the most intense experience of my life, and I used. Uh, oh hip- come on! <laughs> <laughs> I used uh, hypnobirthing. So uh, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Hypnobirthing. Hypnobirthing. Tell so us about it. A technique. An X-rated kind of... hypnotist busts through the door. <laughs> so it's this technique to kind of listen to a lot of hypnosis throughout pregnancy and kind of stay in a hypnotic state throughout childbirth to kind of keep every muscle around your uterus relaxed. So you're not Whoa. kind of fighting against it. Um, so it would only it only took me ten hours to birth her, and I didn't need medication or anything. Is that relatively Whoa. short? Yeah, for your first baby. It's pretty, pretty quick. Short. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't, um, I'm not sure about the there's averages. There's still a lot of discomfort. <laughs> I bet. For yeah. sure. It didn't take away everything. Um, well, yeah, no, like, no offense, but I've been mm-hmm. hypnotized before at, like, a, like a show, and, uh, and I, I don't know if you can, like, not, like, to, for me to imagine what it'd be like to not feel, okay. Hold on. I can't even imagine what it'd be like to actually give birth to a baby because I've never really meditated on it for that long. But like, yeah, because if you meditate on it for long enough, you'd know. <laughs> like, you'd, you'd, like you'd be like, I feel it and now I know. But I, I can't imagine that like being hypnotized would be enough to like make you be able to to bear that. Like how? Yeah, it wasn't really enough. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was just enough to like keep me calm and, you know, help me realize, you know, this is all natural. It's OK. Um and basically everything was happening too fast for me to really. And I'm sure it's a big like belief on. thing as well. Like you're, yeah. go, you're going like, I yeah. believe, I believe that this is working. So mm-hmm. therefore it is working. Yeah. You know, like to a certain, ex- to a certain extent, obviously childbirth mm-hmm. is intense as hell. So do you do it yeah. yourself or did you have a hypnotist <clears throat> in the room? Uh, no, me and my partner just, we've been listening yeah. to the hypnotic scripts for <coughs> months and months now. So, so you cool. do it like throughout your pregnancy yeah. not oh, just like, cool. not just while mm-hmm. you're giving birth. Wow. No, not just while you're giving right. birth. So you kind of train your mind the whole time right. um, to kind of believe 
everything that you're telling it. Yeah, right. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, we had a really cool doula too who supported us throughout it. And nice. yeah. cool. That's cool. Yeah. It's like it sounds kind of like like positive affirmations, like yeah. almost like like having a mantra and mm-hmm. and repeating that. Yeah. So part of it was affirmations I had to listen to. Part of it was like relaxation, meditation type things. So I just kept those running the whole time. Definitely didn't take away everything, but yeah, yeah. kind of stay yeah. a bit more focused. Yeah, that's really cool. Mine's cool. a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so coming back to the spawn, uh, the AS. You can do it. Yeah. Uh, spawn. Um, there you go. Um, you, uh, where were we? We were talking about how you were trying to figure it out and you started mm-hmm. taking oh. the, the chemo meds. Right. Yeah. And which seemed to be doing a really great mm-hmm. job, mm-hmm. but also was kind of, you know, taxing on the body in other yep. ways. Obviously, it's mm-hmm. fucking chemo. Mm-hmm. Um, when did things start to kind of ramp up again um, in terms of, you know, like going from that, that time in your life where you're like, oh, my God, my ankle is killing me. And I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Or, your, or your wrist and, and toe mm-hmm. to figuring it out, getting on the meds, feeling like, hey, I feel like I got control over this again. <clears throat> Did things start to go downhill at, at a later point in life? The only new thing that kind of popped up, like, I think it was about eight years later, was um, SI joint pain. And my doctor's... The worst. Did, yeah, the worst. The Honestly, worst. the worst. Yeah. yeah. And it lasted for like two years, and my doctors didn't really put it together that, oh, now this could be from your arthritis. Um, so it even took my specialist two years to be like, okay, maybe you need an MRI for this now. And maybe there's some involvement. And then once they did that and then they were like, okay, there's definitely some inflammation going on there. And then, um, they kind of put it together that, okay, this is looking more like AS. Cause before it was just called undifferentiated spondyloarthropathy. Like we don't really know what's going on. Of course. Right, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> familiar. Very familiar. Yeah. Can you imagine busting that out on Scrabble? <laughs> Instant win. Instant yeah. win. So basically when they just don't know what type of arthritis you have, kind of lump They it in came there. up with a that complicated of a name for we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so once I had that and then there's a specific gene that's been linked to AS. So then once they tested that and put kind of the SI joint pain together, they were like, okay, now you have AS. Okay. But that took almost like eight years. Oh, wow. Oh, so mm-hmm. so before that, it was mm-hmm. just it was just that super long, confusing name for I don't know what type yeah. of arthritis you have yeah. until the eight year mark, mm-hmm. which would have been like f- f- like a few years ago. Yeah, probably like five, four years ago now, four or five years ago. And then like you that. and then so you get that diagnosis mm-hmm. and like does that do that does that change up your meds at all? Do, are they like oh like you've been on this med and that that's that's fine it's been mm-hmm. working but like for this. Mm-hmm. We're gonna give you another this thing. like more specific protocol, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, they were they told me that okay, the drug that you're on isn't gonna impact your SI joint, um, so you have an option of going to a biologic or trying to figure out something else. So I didn't really want to go on a, another drug right away. Um, so I dabbled in like physiotherapy and actually chiropractic adjustment actually worked really well for me. Mm-hmm. So I just kept doing that, and I was eventually able to just. Um, or the pain from there basically went away from just keeping up with regular Cairo adjustments. Right, but and, but yeah. you're still on the um, what's it called again? Methotrexate. Methotrexate. Yeah, oh. I'm still on methotrexate. Brian, yeah, Brian's like, Brian's on it. Mm-hmm. Well, and so and the whole time you're on this drug, you're like, <coughs> I'm nauseous and tired, and mm-hmm. all this stuff sucks. Is yeah. that so interesting? How you get given a drug, and it's like, 
it's like, well, this is going to be like a level, like what you have is like a level eight suck. And mm-hmm. this is going to be like a level six suck. So like, once you take that, cause <laughs> yeah. you're, gonna, like, you're basically yeah. going like positive two suck. It was better to like drug. walk and be able to get in bed than yeah. deal with the nausea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. It's so wild. And how like, you know, I mean, it's like you listen to any, and, and I don't, I don't want to make it seem like I'm bashing prescription drugs. Cause like, you know, there's a, there is a, there is a time and a place for drugs in, in, mm-hmm. in, in all tons and tons of, of treatments and diagnosis. But, um, you know, like you listen to any drug commercial and it's like wh- whatever. May cause diarrhea. <laughs> yeah. It's like a list off. You may die. Yeah. Yeah. I had to get liver testing every month just because it can affect your liver. Um, Whoa. So they're like concerned, mm-hmm. like maybe this is doing some damage to your, so yeah, concerned, it's chemo, man. It's so like, concerned, it's literally poisoned. So though. concerned <laughs> that on a month to month basis, they're mm-hmm. like, well, maybe next month your liver will be fucked. So yeah. Yeah. we want to keep checking. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. So obviously that's a huge motivation for you Yeah, that was huge. and what it's doing to you physically on a day to day basis. Yeah. Of, and because I wanted to have kids and right. not have to figure out how to switch to another drug. And there's not a lot of great testing in pregnancy yet. Um, for the drugs for arthritis, so that's wild. So yeah. all that, like, just like that, just all catalyzed, mm-hmm. a, like a just a total shift in career. Yeah. And did you do all the? Did you do all the research and then like started trying stuff and it was working and like trial and error and then you were like, I love this shit, and then got into it. Yeah, basically, I didn't love it the first year. Right, <laughs> right. Was, you were just doing it like out of necessity to yeah. like make yourself better. Yeah, I was just doing it to make myself better. You know, giving up all of the things that you love at once was it was yeah. more like the social aspect was the hardest because mm-hmm. you can't go out for a social drink anymore, or go to a restaurant, or things like that, which mm. is what everyone's doing every day. And, what was your diet like before? I thought it was pretty healthy. Um, nothing crazy. I didn't like have McDonald's every day or anything, but. Um, I would go out to restaurants maybe once or twice a month, things like that. Um, I loved wine, so um, I would drink wine, you know, every week or so. And, yeah. But I didn't think I was, like, unhealthy. I thought it was yeah. pretty healthy. So um, it's it's so cool how your diet can, like, your, your diet in particular with AS, like, it made such a huge impact in, mm-hmm. in, in uh, that dealing with that disease. In your job, do you... Um, see these types of changes in people who live with many different types of illnesses? Yeah, basically. So um, I work with a lot of people with various types of autoimmune disease. So anything from like Hashimoto's to rheumatoid arthritis to, I don't know, uh, skin issues like psoriasis, things like that. And yeah, it can make a difference between a lot of different um, autoimmune conditions. We spoke to someone last night who has mast cell activation syndrome and uh, actually like a, a good part of our conversation with her was about uh, the change in her diet and how mm-hmm. that had a pretty like profound effect on um, the way that she lives with this, with this illness, um, which all of this is reminding me of this like Ted talk that blew my fucking mind a couple yeah. of years ago. Um, oh, with the Terry MS? Walls. Oh, Terry Walls. Yeah. yeah what, are you familiar with her yeah. work? And like, is that yeah. the woman with MS? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for people who don't know, go watch the Ted talk. It's really worth, like it's mm-hmm. worth watching. It's actually a really yeah. great talk. Uh, this this woman Terry Walls had or has MS, and um, her MS pro- progressed to a, a point where she was using a wheelchair um, 
like she was in like full a time. full like a full like can't move type wheelchair. Yeah, exactly. Like power chair, like relied on a power chair for every part of her daily life. And then through, I mean, the the way she tells the story through the TED Talk is like simply through ch- like completely overhauling her entire diet. Yeah, it's like. Mm-hmm. 50,000 pieces of broccoli every day. <laughs> Basically, yeah. she was just like I own yeah, I OD'd on green. Yeah, it was yeah. like leafy greens. It was like it was yeah. like like 10 cups of leafy greens. Yeah. Um her. and then and then all of a sudden she, she she's now like literally walking around the world mm-hmm. and leading these seminars and yeah. these like these workshops on on the the wall, the Terry the walls, wall, protocol. walls protocol or whatever. Yeah. Oh, so and, um, and how I, how how widely accepted <laughs> is that in in the science, in like the medical community? Not widely accepted at all. It's not. It's not. You know, <laughs> you will I never go-, go to your doctor and they'll say, "Here's this okay. protocol." Right. I, yeah. I literally googled it. I I googled uh, what did I fucking Google? But the oh, can I googled can diet cure MS? Cure, and the f- cure is a cure is a bad word to use. Yeah. Well, totally. But uh, <laughs> but okay. Sure. However, because it's like it's like it's like any any of those remission. It's like well, yeah, reverse. You know, it's it's like it's like how um, what's that CF drug? It doesn't it doesn't cure your CF, but like it, it stops slows it, stops CF. it from progressing. No, it doesn't stop from progressing. It just slows it. Uh, I'm curious to ask Katie. Um, the Walls Protocol is that mm-hmm. not widely accepted because because with um, with her was that a unique case where for her and her body and the diet that she used mm-hmm. it had a profoundly greater effect than it might for other people or is it that it's just not studied enough i think it comes down to it's just not studied enough and she went really hardcore and um yeah and you have to be willing to make significant significant changes and really stick with it long term and there's just not enough studies um, Long term, to say this is definitely going to work, mm-hmm. and imagining that it is like, well, like kind of what we were talking about right at the beginning is like, you you can't necessarily just prescribe the exact same diet that you are on to yeah. somebody else with AS, mm-hmm. and they're going to get the same results. And and I can imagine that. Let's just let's just assume for a sec that everybody with MS or AS could find a diet that's just so that mm-hmm. reverses. Mm-hmm. Like how long or like how challenging would it be for everybody to find that or to mm-hmm. devise some sort of test that would tell you what mm-hmm. sort of diet you should be on mm-hmm. to achieve the same results? Like because there's just the individual nature mm-hmm. of is is such is so complex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just kind of it, I, I can imagine that that's a that's probably a really massive roadblock in terms of the scientific or medical community going, yeah. this is a viable option. Yeah. For like people. I asked my rheumatologist several times, is there any evidence that diet is going to help me? And I was always here. No, no, no. Maybe take some vitamin D, but that's about it. Right. And then once I did get off all my meds, she was okay. This is really interesting. Maybe there's something to this, but she still said, you know, I can't really prescribe this to anyone because there's just not enough evidence. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm interested in how you've been received by your specialists and your team mm. seeing like firsthand the results that you've had in basically going from using meds, relying on, on the meds to not needing them at all. Yeah, um, I didn't get 
as great of a response as I was hoping for. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so they didn't get super excited and want to do research on it or anything. They were just like, okay, wow, that worked for you. And now I don't need to see you. And that was about it. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I wonder like, I, so do you see, do you see, sorry, do you, do you see like pre- medical people anymore? No, I don't. It's been two years. Whoa. Fuck. And you're like, I'm fucking good. Yeah, I'm good. Well, <laughs> is there anyone? Is there anyone like in the scientific community who's trying to like take charge? I mean, obviously, the, you know, the Wall Protocol um, mm-hmm. is is probably an example of this. But like, there's clearly there's clearly we. I, I know that I, this isn't the first time that I've heard that someone has been like. I just overhauled my diet Mm -hmm. and it's had like a drastic effect on Mm -hmm. the way this disease is affecting my life. Mm -hmm. So those stories are out there. Yeah. Right. Those now, although they're like, it's like anic data. Yeah. um, Which is like a phrase (laughs) that is just a fucking like joke in the science community. (laughs) But it is, it is, it is, it is true for these people. Mm -hmm. Why? Is there anyone not out there going like, all right, well, let's like, let's put the funding into leading the charge into studying this, this one thing, which is like how diet and, 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 you know, the shit that we like, that we've basically been come up, like brought up in, in understanding what is like okay to eat, but now starting Mm. to realize it's not Mm. actually that okay to eat or consume. Mm. Like, why aren't we, why the fuck aren't we taking more of a, is it is it based on big pharma? Well, it, like I mean, <laughs> and kind like, of how science works is by testing something very strictly very and controlled, controlled, yeah, in an environment, and you can't do that with nutrition. Is, right. it, is the reason you can't yeah. do that with nutrition because why? Why is that? Why well, can't first, we figure that out? First, you can't blind the study because you know what you're eating. Right. Um, so that takes away some of. Um, you could blend. Well, yeah, I was going to say, if puree it's puree the food. I, I yeah, it, you could puree yeah. the food and just make people drink pureed food for <coughs> months and months. And the other thing is, it takes so long oh. to make these changes. Yeah. That it's not like a one month study. It'd have to be like a like, three year study, maybe. Right. And you know, it's really hard to do that in a controlled environment. So it's more of an observational study. And then the data from that isn't as credible. As okay. The and then right. even to convince and to con- and to not to convince, but to I guess to convince whoever you are tra- seeking funding from that yeah. this is a uh, an idea worth pursuing. There mm-hmm. has to be mm-hmm. at least some indicating evidence that mm-hmm. says like this is something to pursue. And if that right. doesn't exist, then you I can't got get it. the funding. Let's mm-hmm. ju- let's <clears throat> let's farm a bunch of babies <laughs> and Matri- then like all- total matrix style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then only <laughs> feed them. Green smoothies, like we don't even <laughs> give them any breast milk, none of that. It's yeah, just like right. give them green smoothies until they're nineteen. Because dairy is bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then see <laughs> see how they come out. <laughs> you know, that's a worthwhile. Don't give them anything. No love. No, no. J- just in a dark room, only green smoothies. Yeah, mm-hmm. it'll probably turn out pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can't see it. I can't see anything bad happening so from that, from that result. That's so wild. Has it? Have you? Did you have any? Anybody um, in the medical world say, oh, well, then you probably didn't have AS? No, they never said that. They just said, oh, it could come back at any time. So if it does, let us know. So they're assuming that it's going to come back and then I don't really have control over. Did you make a bet with anybody? 
If it was anybody like, <laughs> I bet you will be back in my office within the next. I think a better question is, would you make a bet with anyone? I would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's totally. pretty fucking cool. Yeah. So, yeah. so when, um, how are you practicing right now? Do you have like a, a mm-hmm. clinic or? Are you, how do you, how do you see patients? So I just do online consulting through okay. my website, Restoring Autoimmune Health. And, and what types of people come to see you? I get a lot of people with arthritis because I do a lot of talks with the Arthritis Society and things like that. So that's kind of like the main <coughs> clientele. But um, people hear of me with many different types of autoimmune diseases. Okay. Uh, honestly, I'm sick and tired of this podcast being all about sick people. So um, <laughs> just for all the healthy you, you people who make are it out about there, healthy people just too. for all the healthy people who are out there, <laughs> Health Boy Podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm curious, like if, if someone has to be called Health who Boy. consider themselves <laughs> to be. Um, um, like a moderately healthy person with mm. a, a moderately healthy diet. Mm-hmm. Um, what types of questions do you ask them to like kind of figure out where they're at and what they could be doing to better their diet? Yeah. So I always get people to kind of track their nutrition over a five day span and to be as honest as possible so that I can kind of get a sense of what's going on. And then I always do like an hour um, deep dive into kind of your whole history with everything and to kind of figure out, okay, what could kind of be at the root of your personalized um, situation and go from there. Okay. Yeah. I guess it's, I guess it's hard with when people have different goals um, yeah, based sure. on what they're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you notice, and speaking about food and, you know, oftentimes when we talk about diet on the podcast, we're talking a lot about people who live with eating disorders Mm -hmm. do you ever see people with like um, problematic eating patterns coming in and and wanting to know more when maybe they just need to not know as much as they're trying to know about their diet yeah well that can be big in the kind of autoimmune kind of healing community too with nutrition Um, you can get so focused on it that it can become a type of eating disorder Mm. Um, so that's definitely uh, something I consider for each person like how is this going to affect you and um, are we making too many changes too quickly and kind of getting a sense of emotionally how you're feeling while we're making the changes too. So I don't usually tell people, okay, cut out all of these things right away like I was told because that was way too much for me to handle at the beginning and it made me pretty depressed um, Mm. for the first few months Mm because I was giving up everything really Mm -hmm. quickly and giving up all my kind of social interactions too. So it's definitely something to be aware of. Well, diet is like, I mean, fuck, just eat, changing the, I mean, we were talking about coffee, like yeah. just changing one thing mm-hmm. can be next to impossible for a lot of people. Like, yeah. like I would love to, I would love to say, oh, I could make, I would love to make all these changes to my diet. I mean, like I don't eat, I don't eat unhealthy, but like I make bad food choices on a pretty regular basis. Um, and, and I would love to say that I could just snap my fingers and <clears throat> and just like turn that off. But especially mm-hmm. because but it's, a, it's such a social <clears throat> thing, right? Like we, I find, I find it, I notice it a lot when people like have made these drastic, drastic changes in their diet where they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't like, here's a list of all the things that I don't eat. And then those people oftentimes feel like a burden when they're like out mm-hmm. with friends or whatever. And like, because mm-hmm. we, we, that is a huge part of our like mm. social lives is us coming together and, and enjoying food and enjoying like, mm-hmm. you know, take taking in nourishment together. Yeah. And and for a lot of people who make those changes, it's like mm. it's a lot harder because yeah. 
when nine out of the ten friends are like, yeah, let's fucking go get pizza and, <laughs> yeah. and mm-hmm. garlic fingers. And the one friend's like, um, I only eat a thousand bananas a week. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but uh, it's funny because I was actually thinking earlier this week, um, um, I like get into like social causes and stuff all the time and I get inspired by like movements that are going on. And, and uh, when when I was learning about the fires going on in the rainforest, it's like one of the ways that you can help um, save the rainforest is by not eating meat. And I was thinking like, you know what? I've been vegetarian. I was a vegetarian for about a year at one point and, and I don't eat a lot of meat as it is, but like I've cared less about eating meat in the last couple of years and I've been, I've noticed that I've been eating more of it. So I was thinking, why don't I do like, why don't I challenge myself to um, be vegetarian again for maybe like six months? Mm. And then I realized, holy fuck, I'm going to a wedding at the end of the week. Yeah. And like, I think my meal is already like, I don't, mm. I don't know what we're oh, eating yeah. or like what's already planned out for me. I've and like, brought I, like all my own meals to weddings <coughs> for many years. Yeah. And it's, and, but it's like, it's something as simple as like that that goes in my mind. Uh, it's like, oh fuck, now I'm going to be a burden yeah. at that event. Mm. And like, oh man, I'm going to seem weird if I like, if I don't want to eat what they're serving me. Well, there's, must, there's something I just want to say about what you just said there, which I think is important to note. Um, and we can get into this in like in another, maybe like a host episode or something. But I, I, I take issue with that, that notion of save the rainforest by turning vegetarian. Uh, I think a, a, a much more like a smarter way of putting that would be like change. If you want to like change your diet to, to, have an effect on our planet than and with like when it comes to eating meat, eat meat ethically because there are lots of people who can and do do that. Mm-hmm. And that is like a very viable option to ethically source your meat. Absolutely. As opposed but it's to like, same, just like dropping it completely. Absolutely, because a lot of but, people that actually like, but also for me, I was vegetarian <laughs> before and I know that totally. I can do that. So yeah, that's yeah. why like for me, it's easier to be a vegetarian than to find ethically sourced meat. Because do you think I, it'd be hard for you with the, with the lifting? To to go straight to vegetarian? I don't think, think so. Be the exact same? I, I honestly don't think that that. I think as long as you I, and look, Katie's probably the person to ask about it. But yeah. like, I, <laughs> right. I I think that as long as you are making sure that you're getting the um, nutrients that you need, yeah. mm-hmm. then you can eat. There's a number mm-hmm. of different options for you, including being vegetarian or vegan mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. being a high level athlete. Yeah. Oh, yeah well, sure. absolutely. I mean, what's his name from Brendan Brazzer from? Yeah. Uh, Vega is, uh, you know, mm-hmm. again, he, he, he's a huge proponent of that. I mean, but that's it requires his, mm-hmm. an insane amount of like, it, it requires a yeah, lot more, planning, a lot of right? effort, but I mean, that's Not kind of, the, that's amount, kind of the, more. that's kind of the, the, like something that fascinates me about this conversation that we're having is thinking about, we're talking about diet, how challenging it is to, you know, make alterations to your diet because, you know, like you said, they're ingrained socially or whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. And, but it's having a health issue mm-hmm. can be a catalyst to changing your diet. But it's like, it's it, the same way as that we don't make big changes to our life until something bad happens. Mm. It's like you, mm-hmm. it's like we almost have to wait for things to dip into the negative before we make a positive change. Mm-hmm. And that's a weird, that's weird. Yeah. It's a phenomenon of the human condition mm-hmm. that like, that is very prevalent and it's, you know, it, it exists in diet. It exists in, in, in everything that like, Oh, I, I, I took my, I took everything for granted until X happened. And now, mm. and now I, and now I slow down and I take it, and I, mm. I appreciate life and I, you know, all these different things. Why do we have to go into the negative before we make changes? 
I don't know, because I'm subject to that for sure. Um, You know, my diet is my day-to-day health and how I feel on a day-to-day basis, regardless of whether I'm sick with something or not. So why don't I... I why don't Why don't I take that initiative now? Yeah. Probably because... Motivation is the hard part. Yeah, but but also probably because we're like, you're surviving. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, well, I'm surviving. Nothing's wrong. Don't fix it if it's not broke. (laughs) And then as soon as something happens where you're like, wait... I'm not, I'm maybe I'm a little less close to surviving or maybe I'm like, maybe there's something wrong. I need Mm. to now change this thing because that's like, I think, I think we just, we, we are, we're creatures of comfort. We just go, oh yeah, no, things are good. Like if you, like if your sleep apnea made you feel like you were being punched in the stomach every night, I would probably get the sleep apnea. I'd probably go get the test done to, to confirm whether or not I have it or not, which I'm uh, 99% nine. 0.9% 0.9% sure I have it. But and I just want to put this out there and, and see if you and our and our listeners have noticed that I have repeatedly reminded the last three you episodes. that you have sleep apnea. Yeah, okay, well. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't identify with that way of <coughs> way of thinking like um like the motivation thing because like I like I find that especially in the last um <coughs> year or so I've I've definitely noticed myself like reaching out to like try to or or i guess taking it upon myself to learn more about how like how can i make myself feel better like even though yeah. i feel great right now like oh um i'm getting seven and a half hours of sleep like what does eight and a half hours of sleep right. feel like, like but, I th- but I, the catalyst for you was yeah, what does eight crossfit hours of sleep feel like? getting in getting into <laughs> fitness mine was biking i started doing different i started being different definitely as well. but and but i think now, it's i think it's the majority of people because like really just look around like the majority of people don't right. do that like yeah. you, i think there's generally speaking i think i think in that you might be an outlier because mm. most people just coast most people go Oh, I only have uh, 15 minutes. Cool. Just I'll pop down to McDonald's or, you know, whatever. Like most people just as long as everything's coasting. All right. Because it's more of a thing to not feel hungry than it is to feel good. Speaking of feeling yeah. hungry, uh, Katie, <laughs> do you, do you want to check on your uh, baby at all? Or? Yeah, maybe I'll just check on her. You can. Yeah. Yeah. Be yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll be back. Okay. She sounds really cute. <laughs> Sick Boy Podcast. We'll be right back after this very short break. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Uh, okay, we're back. Uh, what did you do? You just want to press the off switch uh, on the baby? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah sweet. sweet. How does that work anyway? <laughs> it's uh, right on their basically back. Basically requires your nipple. Oh, yeah. Right, 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 so your right, nipple right. is the switch. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, uh, well, I mean, you know, I, I feel like up to this point we've, we've covered some good ground. Um, uh, it, I guess I get the you know. There's a question that we ask uh, most of our guests, and, and it's a two part question. I figure now is probably a good time to ask it. Um, out of out of your entire experience of living with, um, and closing spondylitis. Wow. That's uh, what would you say is the biggest thing that it's taken away from you? Hmm. Interesting. Um. 
Yeah, that's a tough question because I feel like it's given me more than it's taken away at this point. Well, that's the second part of the two-part question. <laughs> what would you say is the biggest thing that it's given you? It's given me um, this amazing new lifestyle that I really love now. And it's allowed me to follow a new passion and really learn more about my body and connect to my body than I was really doing before. I was kind of just coasting through, taking my meds, not thinking about it. Um, but using nutrition really required me to like dial into my body and um, kind of respond to the, its reactions and become more in tune with what was going on. Mm. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask one last question on that note and being, being like more dialed into your body. Um, do you, uh, do you do any forms of like movement to like kind of mm. uh, support that nutrition? Mm -hmm. Like as far as like sweat goes and things like yeah. that. Yeah. I guess I would say the one thing that it's kind of taken away is movement too. Um, because I'm not able to like run or do certain types of exercises that I used to do before um, because of the damage to my SI joint. Um, there's not active inflammation there anymore, but there's still damage to the joint, which makes it difficult to do some types of movements. Um, but yes, yeah, sweating is a huge part of any type of like holistic um, healing protocol too. So I try to bike as much as possible, um, do a lot of stretching, things like that. And so, yeah, I definitely try to sweat at least four or five times a week. Sweet. At least prior to pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> I love to sweat. I was sweaty today. <laughs> I was also sweaty today. I was too. It was a Wednesday morning workout today, everybody. If you want to come oh, down and get your Wednesday morning yeah. workout on, <laughs> just head down to the Halifax Way on Wednesdays. YHZ Sweats. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming in and, and sharing your story with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thank you all so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back next week, as we always are, with a really fascinating conversation. But in the meantime, go on over to Apple Podcast, uh, leave a rating and a five-star review. Duh. Uh, and, or a five-star rating and a, and, a, and a scathing review. And uh, and hit the subscribe button and get everyone in your life to do the exact same thing because it keeps us on the iTunes charts. Yeah. And if you want to support us uh, in another way, you can go to patreon.com slash sickboy. Um, you know, I, 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 I wonder, I think I heard some feedback recently that somebody was like kind of missing when I, when I would really like like really who told you that like really insult people who, who gave don't. you that feedback no one gave you that feedback it came through one of our channels Oops. i can't remember which one it was but they like probably the, our discord channel which is actually on our patreon you can go to patreon.com slash uh sick boy podcast right like or, all the people that all, the, all the all the people that contribute to our patreon who have access to our really cool stuff we're like we love it when taylor bashes people who don't who don't contribute to, to Patreon? Wow! Wow! So I've been thinking about bringing that that little that little um, that little uh, bit back. So like, just let me know if you like it, or if you want to, if you want, if you're looking for me to bring it back, and and, um, and anyway, anyway, uh, Katie. Also, I wanted to I wanted to give you a chance to if if people are listening to this and they are dealing with something, they're like, I wonder how uh, mm -hmm. nutrition could help me out. Uh, yeah. Where can people find you? <clears throat> Yeah, so you can find me on my website um, at restoringautoimmunehealth.com. Um, so you can check me out there and links to my social media on my webpage. I also have a free ebook there that kind of goes over the basics of nutrition and autoimmunity too. Sweet. Neat. And uh, mm -hmm. thanks to Donovan the Meerkat Morgan for the amazing sound design on this podcast. Thanks for making it sound. Last, last week, I think we were inside of a tree. Yeah. And this week, we are inside of a computer. 
So, oh, here, I can do that one right, right quick. Zip. Bleep, blorp, bleep, bleep, blorp, bleep, bleep, bleep. Yeah. My challenge for you is to uh, link things up that are more relevant to the episodes. No, I don't want to do like that inside a womb or inside of a uh, uh, something. Uh, uh, okay, a, 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 a cell that has just taken on pr- 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 protein. I mm-hmm. hear your challenge, mm-hmm. and I'll take that into inside consideration. Inside someone's mouth, eating just greens, leafy greens. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'll take that into consideration. <laughs> oh, don't do for that for the future. However, people love uh, eating sounds in their ears. I I just was thinking. I was thinking about making it hard for Donovan. That's all I was trying to think about. Ah, yes, yes, um, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, d- make us sound like we're inside a piece of styrofoam. The fuck does that sound like? I don't know. <laughs> That's hard. <laughs> yeah, and thanks to Take Fire for the theme song. Uh, that is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Katie. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.